0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Mixing It Up with Maggie. Continuing with this month's theme for our final round of Chicas and Margaritas, um, I have my friend Sasha here, and we're going to be talking about the the love among us. I entitled this last piece, Larger Roundtable Discussion on Love, Sex, and Relationships, because I really did want to talk about the love among women. So, Sasha...
1: Hey guys, it's Sasha Marguerite back with you, you know, clinking my margarita for you guys.
0: As you guys may know, I started my multimedia production company called Pink Leo, and I have Sasha as my lead producer. And I think it's great that we're going to have this conversation because we are two women, we're both Latinas, we're both into media, and we're starting off with this company. We don't know where it would lead. But as of now, we're learning how to work with each other and we're learning about each other's quirks and things in, in terms of like the way that we work, but we're also friends. So there's like this mixture of like business and friendship mixing together and I think it works.
1: It works out. Um our content, it also is focusing from an intersectional feminist lens. And this last episode specifically is extremely feminist. So it is, like, great to end off the series with this because it also is kind of segueing into what kind of content we are looking to create and that what kind of um, love and friendship of one women and other people we're trying to promote with our content.
0: I want to start off by saying that I hate when people say that the reason why we don't progress is because we kind of hate each other. Like, there's so much hate among women and, um, that we don't let each other move forward and and that's why we are stuck where we are. I hate it because I feel like it's true and I and I, I mean I I I know it's kind of like this whole divide and conquer thing that guys have but putting the men aside cuz yes, they you know we are living in a patriarchal society and they rule and we don't. But what are we doing about it? amongst ourselves. And I wanted to start off the conversation by talking about maybe our own experience.
1: Well, I would say to preface this, like my like childhood w- can probably be viewed as a episode of Dan- Dance Moms. Um, I started dance school around age like two or three, and I was in dance school from three to pretty much age 18. So I have the perspective where that I know the ca- cattiness, the um so-called bitchiness, the push to be oh better than somebody else because maybe your skills are better but then you see somebody who's not as good as you getting the same advantage cuz they're a favorite, their mom might have done a certain thing or they might just be liked better. From a young age, like looking back at my experience being in dance school, we it seemed like it was all promotion of togetherness and all, all these girls doing these dances together. We're a family. We're a team. But as we grew, you could notice the way we were groomed to compete with each other. Even though now I'm still friends with some of the girls who I went to dance school with, the ones who I'm still pretty close with, we all kind of bucked that narrative. We kind of rejected that role that we were kind of assigned. I can remember, like I have probably around age eight eight or seven or eight in the dance school I went to, we had regular classes and then we had performance classes like that. They went to competitions and they did more dances in our recital and all the such like that. But since my mom couldn't, my parents couldn't afford it, Around that age I was offered to go to company, but my mom didn't do it cuz we couldn't afford it. So I spent years in the class that was right that step before. So I was there. I was at that talent level, but I wasn't in that class. So it was interesting to see like um, how things changed and how I was treated changed when my, my parents finally could be aff- could afford to put me in the company class like when I was in high school. And there were so many different opportunities afforded to me. They were like, oh, well, maybe when you're getting out of high school, you can be assistant teach for a bit and something like that. But when I was in high school is when I started coming into my, like, independence because I spent a lot of time in dance school and a lot of time amongst these girls in, in high school, the same type of environment. I kind of didn't want to be in that environment anymore. So I kind of cut back my involvement in dance school. And then I realized, like, oh, that assistant teaching thing they told me about was no longer being offered to me because they realized that I had taken a step back, that I was a little more independent. You look at who got it instead of me. Somebody, she's a lovely girl, but not as talented as me, for real.
0: When it comes to little boys, I think it's more about the talent and compete in the field and compete to, not, not to hurt the other person, but it's more of like, this is a game you know, like football or whatever, take out your extra energy out. Um, But at the end of the day, you're supposed to be respectful with the other person. And they basically leave their competitiveness within the field. And I think for us girls, the competitiveness takes a different turn because when you're insulting the other person, there's like this line where you insult their, their talent or their skill, and then there's their persona. And I think for us girls, it was like, well, you know, she's not going to get it. She's fat anyway. So like, oh, she's not going to get it because, you know, she's too dark skinned. Or she is it's something something physical, yeah. which we were already vulnerable to.
1: From an early age, girls get, young girls, young femmes, if we want to put it like that, get comments about their appearance. They're told, you're beautiful you're pretty. They're told to close their legs. They're told to act like a girl. They're told not to run, not to jump, not to do all these things that are considered unfeminine. And all, I feel like all the, and all these images that what little girls see, they are taken to heart and they're internalized. So when it comes to insults, they're very, especially a lot of times they've heard insults themselves about their weight and about their appearance. So I feel like when women even today we have to catch ourselves as adults as we're unlearning these type of things insulting women cuz oh yeah that bitch is fat. We have to catch ourselves in those moments.
0: We're harsher amongst each other than men are to us. I have I th- I have that theory. I think that men can from their perspective, um, can say whatever they want, like, oh, you're a bitch, you're a cunt or whatever. But I think coming from a, another girl, I it's to me it's just so much harder. It's a learned behavior because we are taught to compete, maybe not even skill wise. I think we're competing still for the for the purposes of gaining, for example, like a husband. Fairy tales and things. It's like there's two people and they're competing for the prince. Like yeah. we can take Cinderella. It could have gone in a completely different direction if, you know, our world wasn't as I guess mi- misogynistic. The sisters could have helped each other or could have like been like, "Whatever, we're only our, we can open our own business or something. We don't we don't need a prince."
1: Another thing that contributes to it, one is as you said, Maggie, the whole competition for a husband, and two, it's The image of women in popular media, the way women are portrayed, and the way we see female friendships on TV, and see how frenemies develop on shows like Degrassi, on the biggest example of some frenemies that I can think of that were harsh as hell to each other, bring it on.
0: Yes. That's a good... good. That's a like,
1: good... Or, like, a trope of, like... Uh, mean ho- girls. Mean girls. um, So, um, save the last dance.
0: That, and that's a good one, because that also brings in, like, intersectionality. I would we'll never forget. Kerry Washington is in that film, and she's very young in it, and she says something about, like, you're taking the few good black men that we have. It brings a con- the conversation back to how few resources we have. Like, the, the limited amount job offers or uh, available good men, I guess, in a way, like every, like we have so few things of the things that we want in life. We have so few of them that we feel this constant need to be competitive against each other.
1: It's a constant, um, especially for women of color, battle because you always see statistics about about black women that they're the most educated, but they're also all a lot of them are single and unmarried. There's this whole trope about how, like, oh, I see it on Facebook and Twitter all the time. All these what I would say maybe uneducated, and ignorant black men making fun of black women and women with degrees. Like, why did you get educated when you should be like kind of prepping yourself to have a husband? Like, a degree doesn't mean anything. And it's like oftentimes a lot of women with degrees express on social media that they feel like men who are interested, they're interested in, are intimidated by them. And they're in kind of in competition with, I'm not going to say uneducated women, with women with less education than them taking these men or something like that, if I would put it like that. I'm trying not to say it in a very harsh way. I just think... I think it's really ridiculous.
0: You know, we're both into media, we're both into TV, and we can have, like, an entire episode on our channel, on YouTube, about this. But I want to point out, very recently, Riverdale. Riverdale is is the adaptation of this newer, darker, Archie comic book. I used to be such a big fan of the comics. I have in here um we're shooting we're shooting this in my house here in my house I have a collection of Archie comics and the one of the biggest storylines is this competition that Veronica has with Betty over Archie because Archie is supposed to be this quote-unquote good guy or like the only good guy right because because Jughead in the series was like he was like stupid when they did this uh the promos for it they a lot of the media kept asking that question also like you're the new Veronica and you're the new Betty and you guys are going to compete whatever and they're like no that's not what the show is about and we see it and they make it a point from the very very beginning that these two characters they may fight over other things but not over Archie it's not over a man and they made such a big point that even this season when I was like oh my god they're edging towards it um spoiler alert during the season there was an episode where betty and 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 archie have a uh, kiss and we we thought oh my god when veronica is gonna find out like it's gonna be this whole teen drama whatever and it wasn't she says i understood and she understands that even from episode one when you know we all she can see that betty um and that show also has done other really great like they did like this psa like this her entire episode on like um sexual assault and and how the girls, like, ganged up on this guy because they were, the guy was uh, about to rape one of the main characters, and Cheryl Blossom is should be, you know, she's, she's portrayed as, like, the biggest bitch, super privileged, super, you know, rich, super beautiful, and she was in this very vulnerable position, and even though she has been mean to the other girls, the other girls came to her rescue,
1: I was thinking of the Joss Whedon show Dollhouse that came out like mm-hmm. years back. The friendship between her and the one of the other main leads, Sierra. The concept of the show Dollhouse, it was pretty much for people who to get their debts erased or get help, they sign over their lives for a couple years to an organization called the Dollhouse. And their minds are wiped and their their consciousness is stored. In whatever dollhouse they're in. And from there, they're kind of just like naive, docile. The point of the dollhouse is that rich people can specify what kind of imprint they want and what kind of person they want. And that imprint will be created by like researchers at the dollhouse and imprinted into these humans. And these humans will be taken out into the world to enjoy whatever with the person who pays top dollar for it. So Echo is one of the characters who kind of gains her own consciousness. She gains her own original consciousness, not the consciousness of the person who signed up for the dollhouse named Caroline. She just becomes her own person. And from there, her main goal is to save everybody in the dollhouse because she sees the way that they're being taken advantage of. The friendship between her and one of the other main lead, Sierra, even with the mind wipes that they get, they just always come together. So that was a, one of like my really memorable female friendships on a TV show.
0: I don't want to always reference this one, but Sex in the City. So Sex in the City follows these, you know, 30 something year old women in New York, kind of a different point in their careers. And I, I don't I don't think they ever argued like over a guy, but some of the decisions that they make in terms of like one of them is dating like, an, a younger guy. The other one cheated. Another one, you know, was contemplating having an abortion. And there was this judginess that happened, um, especially between the character of Char- Charlotte, who's more conservative and um, Miranda, who is a little bit more realistic you know, one of them was trying to get pregnant, the other one, and she couldn't, and then the other one was pregnant, and then she was already thinking about um, having an abortion. During that episode, when they had, like, their little tiffs, they got over it, but it also reminded me that we are kind of each other's, like, we, we think that our best friends are, like, us girls, like, we understand each other so well that there wouldn't be this kind of judgment. This this judgment that we have against each other, it, like forget the competitiveness like uh, you know, with with men or whatever, because there was no, technically there was no man in, in, involved, um obviously yeah like the, the guy who impregnated her, but um there wasn't a competition for the man. It was it was more of just like I'm better than you, and that's where these this like slut shaming comes from, and it's not even from the guys. It's really just amongst. Ourselves. Um, I I don't know about you, but I've had negative and and positive experiences having um, not only uh, women as co work as co workers, but also women as my supervisor. And my mom is always like, "Well, you know, it's because they think that you're gonna take their job." And I don't know if that's always the case, but it's it's I see that guys. Um, put their arm around each other and they teach each other like secrets among the industry and then they push that person up and i see women pushing the other girl down
1: it's a penis club like they're out here like penis protection program <laughs> they take care of their boys they in the locker room they chat and they talk about girls they're doing these things like it's you know that they're probably if it's a white guy they're going to golf they're going for drinks they're Palling it up. Probably they're crossing streams, everything in the bathroom. <laughs> and I'm kind of anti corporations. I'm like, I probably will work at some type of corporation eventually, but I'm not for that. I'm for Sasha. You know, I, I'm always, at least personally, try to reach out a hand and help people who are like not at the same place where I am. And if I realize that they don't appreciate it, that's when I push away from them.
0: Have you ever had an experience because this happened to me and I was absolutely shocked when it happened to me where you had maybe um, a woman supervisor, a woman in power in charge, and you had a male co-worker and they undermined your opinion and favored that of the male co-worker.
1: I don't really have, a, I feel like most of my working situations I've really had male
0: supervisors. I also had this other great experience um, recently a few months ago. This uh, woman who was was my supervisor, she put me aside and she said, Maggie, I see something in you and I want to see you succeed and I want to help you. And I had just come out of a job where that was never the case. So I was kind of cautious. I was like, "Girl, what do you want? Like, I, I don't know. I don't know what you mean by help. But she actually sat down with me. She was like, during her lunch, she's like, come have lunch with me. And she was like, show me what you have. Show me where you are right now professionally. And where do you want to be? And she gave me some really great pointers that I'm actually implementing now. All right, so we talked about the good, the bad. And I think now it's time for the ugly. I think the ugliest part about this entire situation that we've been talking about the the movement the 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 feminist movement i think that i'm a okay so i'm a feminist i'm proud of to be a feminist and what a lot, a lot of people have a lot of misconception about what a feminist is for me i always say that i'm an intersectional feminist and i believe that feminism is for everybody and that even men can benefit from feminism that's kind of like one of my beliefs in terms of feminism now, feminism, I think it's, it's like a trend and everybody wants to be a feminist and they are, I feel like misusing the word, um, putting it up on anything and anything and every and everything to sell it. And in that, the, the concept gets lost, has gotten lost, have gotten muddled. Then now there's, you know, there are these, uh, women that say, well, you know, we can't really include trans women in this because they're not really women or we're you know they they forget about um women that are experiencing a disability or me- women experiencing mental health like not everybody feels included and it's really difficult because at this time everybody's getting offended people are just like I, I just feel like we're we're in this kind of muddy place it's This kind of is despicable to me when I see when I go from like being at the march and feeling this empowerment and feeling the the love that we have among us and because I I I really do value and and see how strong uh, when women do get along when women do uh, push each other to progress when women um, are true friends the how how great that bond is and and how progressive it could be and going from there from the march and everything to real life and um seeing feminism as a trend I, I don't know It's it's kind of like discouraging and I don't want to be discouraged I kind of want to you know move forward with everybody
1: I think there's like a split in the in what we call the movement, like I consider myself probably a Black feminist or a womanist, where I would say What's a womanist? womanist is kind of like Black feminism. It was the term was coined by Alice Walker. In its definition, woman womanism is intersectional. Um, it is coming for a place where it's placing value on the most oppressed. It's interesting that we have to put intersectional in front of feminism to say that our feminism includes everybody's layers of identities and conditions and other attributes when feminism in itself should just be intersectional as a concept. Feminism at its core is supposed to be breaking down and dismantling like patriarchy and these institutions that hold power over the way our society. And it's been there's been waves of it you can probably look up what every wave has done ivory tower feminism has focused on only the uplifting of white women putting them in places of power it's not about dismantling patriarchy helping all other women it's just about themselves key example lena dunham key example amy schumer they they're feminist they claim to be feminist their content is feminist oh I'm doing air quotes air you could just hear the air quotes in my voice though but um you see Lena Dunham was quick to defend one of her writers from the show girls when he was accused and I'm pretty sure he raped Aurora Perrineau an an actress when she was about 17 or so her and Jenny something her other co-writer they just tripped over themselves to defend him despite the fact that the Lena Dunham had already tweeted out that oh believe all women I mean even before
0: that she was already problematic and and so was the show uh girls so continue who's another
1: who's another example of this like ivory tower sometimes I gotta say Gloria Steinem And like uh, Hillary Clinton, Margaret Atwood from Handmaid's Tale, but she doesn't really consider herself a feminist because of the content that she writes. But some, I forgot who I read the article by, but there was an article that pointed out that the Handmaid's Tale is a dystopia that's a white woman's nightmare because they're treated like cattle. They're treated like property, like Women of color are. And they're subjugated to these horrendous roles that you can see parallels in store like narratives and re- live realities of women of color. And I never thought of it like that when I watched the show.
0: At least in the show, just a quick, a quick side note, at least in the show, they actually include women of color because in the book, um, People of color are completely exiled from that society. It, they it, they didn't even want them to procreate or mix in. The thing about intersectionality, though, um, because intersection intersectional, just a little quick history lesson. Intersectionality it is black feminism. It's just that we have changed the name of it, but it ha- it came out of um, the 1960s and 1970s because there was a lot of things going on and. Black women feel like felt that they didn't have a, an actual place. They 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 wanted to do, you know, uh, the, the civil rights movements, and the men there were like, "No, we have this. You can go back and you know, um, do whatever it is that you were these feed the children." And then when they wanted to be part of um, the women's movement. They were not even. I don't. They were not even. They were never invited to the meetings. They were never invited to like these big tea parties or whatever. And I would always go back to this footage that I saw on this on this documentary, if I if I remember, I put it down down below. But it was um, this uh this uh this TV show and this guy was like, uh so why why is it that you're marching in the street? Why do you want to be you you know why are you a feminist? And he was talking to this white woman. She basically. Alluded to the fact that she was bored um, with her life, so she wanted to do something. And there was a black woman right next to her, and he was. She was like, he was like, well, why, why aren't you there? And she was like, because I have to, I, I, have to babysit her kids. Basically, I have to take care of her kids
1: while she goes out in the march. White women who were at the forefront, who were the faces of the movement, are focused on issues that don't take into account. The issues for women of color, like black women and such, so they're focused on, oh, I want to be out in the workplace. I want to, I want pay equality. I want this. But black women, Latinas, Asian women, all other minorities, as we call them minorities, air quotes again, are focused on, hey, I'm facing racism as well. Like, I'm facing, like, I can't and. Massive classism and, and economic disadvantages more than a white woman would face and it's more like um, but I mean
0: so, some some people still feel that they're not being heard that they're not being rep- within, within the feminist movement um, I know one of my friends um, she was talking about like how you know I when I went to the march or in some marches you know Uh, gay women are put aside or or even like trans women are are set aside um they're not to kind of commune with the rest of like this the cis women um which i think it's absolutely horrible like like just just thinking about it for example like trans women just like the their day-to-day oppression that they are that they face and then they're trying to find a place where they can kind of fit in and 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 they're probably trying to help, too. You you, you don't isolate people that are trying to help you, you know, uh, or trying to give you a hand. Um, So so I do take an issue with that, and that's why uh, um, I particularly call myself uh, uh, an intersectional feminist. Do you see any... And I don't want to put you on the spot and be like, what is the solution to this problem, Sasha? Um, But for this movement to progress and to keep going and not to have a trend... Do you do you see anything that we can do or 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 something that you urge women that do have the privilege to do something about it to do that you think it's effective? I
1: think we just have to keep doing the work. Like we keep ha- we have to keep learning and unlearning what we've been learning and unlearning. Um, and I think we just have to keep doing the work. Like we keep ha- we have to keep learning and unlearning what we've been learning and unlearning. Um, And there, of course, is going to be people who still call it trends. People are still anti-feminist. But I feel like there's no way I can take and be like, oh, my God, we're going to change Lena Dunham. We just have to keep doing the work and putting out quality work and speaking about feminism in the way that we see it and the way that it should be spoken about in these circles and just hope, like, continue to support other people who are doing that same work. And that's the only way it can progress. Like, it there's no, we're going to just come out with this campaign and everybody's going to know what feminism should truly be. It's, it's just, like, activists. You got to just keep doing it. Yeah. You got to just keep doing it.
0: I think for me, and this bleeds into, you know, our, our last episode, um, we did I did an episode um, with, with Megan, as you guys heard, um, our third episode was about breakup and self-care. Um, I keep going back to that whole thing about putting the mask, you know, when, when like the plane is going down, you put the mask first and then you put it on someone else. I think unless you yourself... You you can't you can't love other people unless you love yourself, and I believe that practicing self love and self care and and self empowerment um, can benefit us. Maybe not in like this whole bigger movement, but in our day to day interactions with other women, um, you shouldn't be out there, you know, trying to be the best or being recognized. You should be out there doing your own thing um, and being part of your own work and if somebody you know and and through that when somebody asks for help you will be so much more willing to help them and when when you even if you are insulting somebody like at least try to keep it with like don't insult like how beautiful they are whatever like no like that is just so like barbaric and so so I guess my whole thing is self-love first so that you can love and help others um if you know w- within w- just the, the the cattiness and everything that happened don't get bottled up in like what you see um what you see all the time in in, in media and then if you're a media creator try to create something different so that we have another reference you know, uh, we need more Buffy's and Willow's and, 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 and great uh, uh, wi- wi- women relationships, um, great sisterly relationships, like in Charm and things like that. Um, and I hate that, like, those two examples are all, like, white women. Uh, but, <laughs> but like, in Girlfriends, I think Girlfriends is a great example. Living single are great example as, as well. So, um, yeah, so I guess keep doing the work. And, and, and take time to do some self-searching and self-reflection and self-care and self-love because once you do, you will be much more willing and receptive to um, helping and learning about other people and being more uh, empathetic. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening. Um, if you guys did not hear all the other parts of this particular section or segment, um, Chicas and Margaritas, Please do. I'm gonna put the links down below to episodes one, two, three. Um, thank you so much to everyone that took the time to come in and participate, um, in this discussion or all of these discussions, um, who who helped me um really shaped this this whole this this whole Chicas and Margaritas, um, and this discussion on on love, sex, and relationships and friendships, um. And yeah, keep listening in. I think that this is like a great segment, um, segue, great segue into the month of March and celebrating Women's History Month and celebrating uh, women in the, in every sense of the word, Um, celebrating all women and stay tuned because I have some great, some great interviews for you guys coming up. So thank you.